As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked childcare to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to Care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use Care.com. Visit Care.com today. there. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Well, who let the dogs out? Everybody, welcome to Big Blend who let the dogs out? Uh, welcome dogs to Big Blend Radio. It's host to the art show with Nancy and Lisa. Yes, the crazy mother-daughter travel team on the Love Your Parks Tour. We travel full-time across the country documenting parks and public lands, uh, all while we publish our different Big Blend magazines, all digital. You can see it all at blendradioandtv.com. And, yeah, who let the dogs out? We are big animal people, and we also pet it as we travel across the country. And so there's quite a few times where that saying comes up, who let the dogs out? And uh, that really ties into our guest today, which is author Alice Kaltman. Uh, she is joining us to talk about her writing. Uh, she's written all kinds of stories and novels, and her latest novel is called Dog Town, and that's dog, D-A-W-G, who let the dogs out in Dogtown, and dog that's T-O-W-N-E, <laughs> so Dogtown, and it's out now, so you can go to alicecaltman.com, and that's Kaltman with a K, and uh, you can get on all your favorite places, but welcome to the show, Alice, how are you? Oh, I'm great, thank you guys so much for having me, this is so much fun, and I love, you know, who, now <laughs> who got let that the song dogs out? There you got now, it, huh? <laughs> Now I've got it stuck in my head for exactly. the rest of the day. <laughs> I know. I'm going to send you the video. You got to watch it. You got to watch the music video. It's like so funny because that does happen. It does happen. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh oh, something's going yeah. on in the neighborhood, and that's what's so cool. Um, but just, I know Nancy's like been knee deep in your novel, but I started mm-hmm. reading it, and I even love the very introduction of it where you talk about town. Well, town tells us who town is, mm. and it feels like very, you know, takes you through generations, and that's something interesting to think about the land before we start putting in a suburb, you yeah, know, yeah. all those no, memories. Really, yeah, all the, the the actual land itself, and the sort of, I guess you would even call it the biosphere, like it's, I really mm. had this idea of wanting um I guess a kind of an all all over narrator framing the different sections of the book. And I had never written from a, I guess it's called a non-sentient being before. Mm. So, you know, whether that's a God or a spirit or whatever, but to me it was, it's the land. And yeah. So I wanted to take us through that kind of evolution 
um, of the land and then until people come and kind of mess it up in a way, but also make mm-hmm. it more beautiful and kind of the land's relationship to, uh, you know, human civilization too. I mean, that makes it, the book sound all heavy duty, but which it's not. But, no, no, but it's, no, but it also talks about the smells of the land and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's why the dogs want to go out. <laughs> they want right. to sniff everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, of checking up at the different smells. And I'm like, because all I thought was, oh, is this a dog? And then I'm like, well, the dog is like really a sentient being who's been here like for generations. Uh, but, you know, it was like, oh, he's smelling carcass and then he's smelling moss. I'm like, yeah, I, I wonder about that. What are dogs taking in when they're sniffing the neighborhood? Like, oh, yes. what are they? All I know there's the other dogs. Yeah, I'm but is it like, ooh. Yeah. Hey, do, you, do, you, do you ever feel like, like um, since you write from the perspective for a bit there of the land that the trees are watching you? <laughs> right, yeah, no, always. I, always uh, I mean, when I'm out when I'm out in nature, I'm always like, hi, hi. And of course, mm-hmm. there's also all this literature now about trees having actual feelings. Mm-hmm. I forget what the woman's name, the scientist who's been studying it forever. And um, yeah, I think it just sort of... Uh, uh, the trees, I feel like everything's watching me. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I have trouble sometimes just like cutting a flower off a bush mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. backyard because I feel like, ow, you know, yeah. maybe maybe they don't want me to do that. So yeah. Well it's true, you know, if you want to see flowers go outside instead of cutting them down and putting them inside. Right, right. You yeah. know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like nature calling you outside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the dogs out again. See, here we right. go. Yeah, now, like, Dog Town. Go ahead, Nancy. I was just gonna say, you know that painting where all the dogs are playing poker. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of like what what your book is like to me. It's like all <laughs> all the characters playing poker. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's almost like I mean, in more so since the dogs are kind of like I feel like the dogs are central to the book, but they're kind of like secondary characters. Mm-hmm. Like the book is really about the human beings who live in this town, and they mm-hmm. know the thing that connects them all is they all have dogs that they lose. I, and I don't want to give away too much about what happens in the book, oh. but you know, it's sort of their the dogs are kind of like the observers in a way they're the glue and they're also sort of like the, the, the observers. So I could see that, that poker, that famous poker picture is almost like the dogs are holding mm-hmm. like a card that shows their human on it, you know, yeah. <laughs> like they were, they could like, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. um, Balthazar and Angus and Gordon, these are all the dog names. They could all be like sitting around and, you know, playing a little po- human poker Right. It's true. <laughs> I'll raise you one Lucinda if you give me a Brady, you know. That's right. Yeah. They should run for office. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it, you get into the neighborhood setting, though, it's really funny. I mean, like I was saying, us pet setting, we're in these different neighborhoods all the time, and you can tell who the neighborhood spy is. Yep. You know, it's like you, they know and then people want to know stuff about, oh, are they coming back at this time? And I'm like, I'm not telling you anything. I don't know you. <laughs> you know, you're not going to, you know, they, you, there are the neighbors and people are like, oh, did you get to meet the neighbors? I'm like, I just don't know. I'm not doing that. Not getting. Right. It, but then Nancy is the neighborhood spy. Nancy, mm-hmm. she is one of them. But we quickly detect who is the neighborhood spy. Exactly. But I think that's what's so cool about your book is. You are getting into human nature, but like Nancy keeps running out. She goes, 
okay, now she's got a girl doing this and she's got a thief and she's got a this. And it's like all these different characters and people, you know, in your neighborhood, you know, who's doing what, but not oh, yeah. always everything. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, yeah, well, that was also one thing I wanted to do by creating a sort of a narrative with so many different perspectives, which some people like what I've heard from readers is at the beginning, they, they're like, they're like, whoa, there's so many characters in their book. I think it's, I think it's six different points of view, but mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe six, including town, but um, like after the first couple of sections, they get used to the rhythm of, okay, now right. we've got the perspective of Lucinda. Okay. Now we've got the perspective of Abe. Oh, now we're with Patty and mm-hmm. it kind of repeats in exactly the same pattern for each section. Um, and it is kind of like, Oh, like it is like the na- I'm the neighborhood spy. Yeah, you, you are. Go into all those different <laughs> people's lives and how they how they intersect but don't intersect, and how they don't really even realize they're intersecting until a certain moment in time in the book. So yeah, I mean, and I grew up in a I didn't grow up in a suburb that's exactly like town. My my town was a little bit bigger. I mean, I guess it would be like the way they talk about what do they they talk about? Um, oh God, do they what do they call it? village like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. village is cooler. Yeah. like village has a, a, a you know a, a fancy cafe and a peruvian restaurant whereas town only has like ye old bake shop or something so like my town was more like the the the, the upper crusty like more sophisticated version um but it to me like town is very much just a it's like an like a bedroom town. community yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I am also sort of fascinated. Also, like you talk about the land and, mm-hmm. and um, country and rural communities and cities and um, suburbs. I'm like, I'm again, I mean, again, again, it isn't a book about nature, but to me, in a, in a sense, I've always been fascinated with the development of sub- suburbs in the United States and now all over the world. I mean, I don't know if we were the first ones to develop them, but so many more people live in suburbs now. This and we talk about suburban sprawl and like mm-hmm. like towns are kind of taking over. Like I think probably more people live in suburbia than any other kind of community um, in the country. So it's just it's fascinating to me how how well like, it is i mean with us traveling we see that happen and it's kind of like mm-hmm. where we are right now in seattle is really cool this very historic neighborhood and you can feel the history here mm-hmm. you know and it's it you can, it just it has character and plants that you know have been here for you know trees that have been here for decades you know yeah and yeah so you know that even the birds that keep returning is the same generation of bird family over the years. Yeah. So you can imagine like all these, you know, this is like a neighborhood and then you'll go, why can't, yeah. Then because the other neighborhood we were in in Seattle is kind of that same historic, you know, charm and, you know, it, it just has that. And, and, you know, walking dogs, you really do get the scoop of the land. Right. You know, you yeah. see who's walking out of that house at six in the morning. Was he there all night? You know, right. <laughs> you right. Right. all of that stuff. But there is, I mean, across the country, we're getting suburbia, but it's also these, you know, mini villages, like you're saying, these mini towns of, okay, well, you know, the big box names are moving in with this development yeah. and everybody looks the same, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, little boxes on the hillside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. 
Yeah, or big boxes we're, we're, on the hillside. <laughs> yeah, really, that's that's more yeah. like it. I mean, if you go to Asia, you're you're getting little boxes going up. You know, yeah. so it's you know it's um, interesting was, how we in this country do take um, opportunity to settle our our land. Yeah, in, in yeah. some it's, ways, it, not so good. Yeah. yeah, people just really got tired of living in crowded cities. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you wanted a little bit more of a landscape with trees yeah. and flowers and things outside that are pretty instead of just all concrete. Mm-hmm. I can understand why people move out and live in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, no, it's totally understandable. It's yeah, that's, and I think that's why. But it's just to me, it it creates these, like you say, these bizarre situations where it's like, who's the neighborhood spy? Like, I you know, am. like it's, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> like, like who's walking around and looking over the fences into those yards yeah. and seeing what kind of like lawn furniture they have. And, oh, they're putting in a pool and, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of car? Oh, they just got a new car. It's like very specific, I think to, well, I can which is you- why I wrote the book. <laughs> Well, next door, you should come in this house next door. They're doing some renovating and building and Mm -hmm. there's this real slow hammering and every fourth beat is followed by some swear words. So I know somebody keeps hitting their thumb. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. What led you to the world of writing? Well, you know, I kind of have a, I won't say a typical trajectory, but sort of one that I think um, so a lot of people do. I started writing when my daughter was very little. I kind of wanted, I kind of would be like looking at picture books with her. And I was like, oh, let me see if I can write a picture book. And mm-hmm. so I tried that. And then that kind of fizzled out. And then I thought it was really like once she started reading sort of chapter books and sort of like middle grade fantasy books and stuff like that, I just sort of somehow thought, God, it'd be kind of fun to try to write one of these. I was not a person who wanted to be a writer when I was little younger at all. Like it was never even occurred to me that writing would be a thing that I would ever do. Um, And I spent a lot of my early, you know, adulthood doing completely different things than writing. I was a professional dancer for, you know, a long time. And then that kind of, I kind of continued to dance while I also got a degree in social work. So I was working as a therapist while I was still dancing. And then I had my daughter, (laughs) and you know, so I kind of like very much sort of like, each of my careers has folded into the next. Um, And writing, I really didn't start writing until I was like writing um, novels until I was like about 45. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. And oh, I wrote I, for it kids. Could be yeah. Gathering information. Yeah. Yeah. No, the good thing about having come to this career late in life is I have so much less. Um, I, I guess I won't say less invested in it, but I, I don't have like unrealistic expectations. I'm just thrilled. Like I'm thrilled by this opportunity to talk to you guys about my books and my writing. And, um, you know, when someone who has no agenda whatsoever reads one of my books and tells me how much they loved it, it, it's like the best feeling ever. It's like as good as if I got some like big, well, I mean, I'd love to get a big like New York Times review for one of my books, but you know what I mean? It, 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 it's sort of, it kind of uh, reaffirms that writing is about communication 
It's not like you're a writer because you want to sit in like some room and just write. You want to do it in order to communicate and share with people. So um, I kind of like don't have any big, you know, dreams of that have been, you know, kind of dashed or anything or unrealized the way I think some younger writers get this sort of, you know, who people have wanted to do it forever and ever just so, I mean, there's so much rejection in my in, mm-hmm. in the literary community. I mean, like, uh, it's even, I mean, and, and even more successful writers than myself will talk about it. It's like, people think, oh, you've got like four books published. You must be like, you know, living the, living the life and super happy. And like, I still get, I send stories out now. I get rejections on a daily basis. <laughs> it's like part of the, part of the deal, but yeah. for me, it doesn't really bother me. Um, whereas I think for younger writers, it's, it can be very, very frustrating. Yeah. It's a, I mean, mm. it's, it's also because you're it, writing is so intimate and personal. It's like, same as music, you know, it's like you kind of wear your heart on your sleeve in a way, even if it's mm-hmm. not writing about anything about you, it's, you know, there's always some part of the author in there somewhere. Yeah. And you're still, it's a craft and you're mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. So it's really difficult and we do um, every first Friday, we do a radio show covering artists um, who are residents in national parks and they get oh, to cool. stay there through the National Parks Arts Foundation for a full month. You should do it. <laughs> go yeah, and gossip and get national yeah. park gossip, you know, Ooh, but they go yeah. for a full mm-hmm. month and get to create. And they talk about the whole process of, you know, applying and, you know, doing the submission and like just keep applying because, mm-hmm. you know, things, some, it's just about having the right match at the right time. Exactly. Really, at the exactly. end of the day, it's the, yeah. you, you've got to look and say, "Oh, could have I done something better? What did they want? Maybe it just... And if mm. it's not a good match, why be yeah. there? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like if there's so there's so many writers and so many great books and so many great unpublished manuscripts, and I kind of liken it to you know, it's like a needle in a haystack. Finding an agent is like mm. finding the right needle in the haystack. That that's, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it is really like for myself personally, because I'm older um, and I've gone through like, I've had other careers. It's like my, I'm, I'm just very grateful that my entire um, identity is not fully invested in just this thing. And I've, I've lived so much life that I'm kind of, I, it's a little bit like I've got that gimlet eye, like a little bit like, let me tell you, young person, don't worry so much. But um, yeah, well, it's, yeah, there's, it's true. Yeah, I used to make a living um, painting, oh, cool. um, yeah. dog portraits and, and pet portraits, and yep. pet portraits yeah, and all kinds of paintings. And um, you'd have an art show and you would be standing right there and people would basically give their opinion and criticism of your painting (laughs) and you know when you sold one you're like yippee yay I can paint another picture yeah but then there were the other ones who were very very critical and you're like this read is not that way yeah and it's like (laughs) oh the the eye should be absolutely equal I'm like well not really Uh, right (laughs) oh yeah yeah you looked at your face no yeah (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I know. Well, no, because so it's really fun because you know what? Doing these painting things as a kid, I you mm-hmm. know I actually sold her artwork. She'd paint and do demonstrations and things, and okay. and um, it was really interesting because you could tell when people were going to buy or not just by mm-hmm. their body language. Uh-huh, you could tell, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, you could tell 
so much. I mean, you learn psychology through this and through people and going to dog shows and cat shows. Cat shows, oh, I'm sorry, funny. but the cat shows are like oh, a my. whole... They're hysterical. They're a whole <laughs> other thing. Dog shows, horse shows. I mean, the whole thing, like the Mink and Minure set and then the dog shows, though. Seriously, I mean, there are times that we both had to run to the bathroom because we got the giggles. And I'm not yeah, knocking right. the dog shows. I'm just saying... <laughs> If you've seen Best of Show, you're done. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's like, I just recently watched that movie again on a plane. Oh my and God. I was just like cracking up out loud. And like, you know, all these people around me were like, what is she watching? Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, all those yeah. cultures are so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. It is. It just, it is interesting. But for you, have you, have you always had dogs in your lives? Because you've got Ollie. I have Ollie, my little oh, Ollie so boy. Cute. Yeah. We're taking care of an Ollie right now. You know, it's become a very popular name for, oh, for a cat Ollie. That's interesting. Like there's like so many dog Ollies in my neighborhood now, which is really funny. Really? It's like like big Ollie, little Ollie, young Ollie. We have different names for them. But yeah, I had grew up, when I grew up, I had dogs. We had a dachshund named Mimi who when I was born was already kind of old and she was so fat that her stomach hit the floor and had a big callus on it. Oh, <laughs> my parents were, my parents grew up in, um, in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is very, was a very urban setting and they were not like pet people at all. I don't think when they moved to the suburbs, I don't think they really knew it, what they were getting involved with like, Oh, let's get a dog. But um, she was lovely, but then she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got a Labrador retriever named Diablo who was, was a sweetie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lived for a really long time until I went away to college actually. And then as a, um, as a, as a grown person on my own, I didn't have dogs until we got Ollie when he was abandoned in our front yard four and a half years oh. ago. So we did, I didn't have a dog. I had cats. Um, uh, gosh, we had, I, I had a cat named Samson for 19 years. He was my longest term wow. relationship for a very long time. And then another abandoned kitty named Bruno, who, who kind of followed me home literally across the middle of Broadway, which is a very, very, very busy street in Manhattan. Um, and so wow, yeah. my building, which was, it's all this sort of weird, you know, pet, pet people get it. It was like meant to be kismet sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't going to get a dog until Ollie showed up and was abandoned in our little front yard in Brooklyn here. Um, and now he's so much a part of my life. I can't imagine. I was like, why didn't we do this sooner? Um, mm-hmm. One of the reasons you'll get, you'll appreciate this though, Nancy, like one of the reasons that we didn't get a dog um, was that my husband is also an artist. And so he really worked at home for, you know, while I was kind of going out to office situations mm-hmm. more when our daughter was little and he was like we well, can't get a dog because I'll be the one who's stuck walking him all the time and he'll <laughs> he'll wreck up my studio and it'll you know mm-hmm. so he really didn't want to but then of course he's also the most dog loving person in the family <laughs> so you know it was sort of, it was a he's, he's a goner so mm-hmm. yeah that's funny uh, that's, that's really that happens funny. I mean mm-hmm. I still want to do a show just on the the um positive things that dogs bring you, you know, and oh, yeah. in animals, because like, if you're so computer centric, how many of us are sitting on our butts at the computer? Yeah. And then yeah. like yeah. hours will go by and a dog will come and say, no, it's time right. to play, get off your butt. We yeah. need to go inspect the neighborhood. See, this is yeah. the thing, the gossip. Yeah. 
We need to right. know what's going on. The neighbors did this over here. You know, they planted it last night, and you know that other dogs have already peed on that tree. Right. I need to go and check on the tree. You know? Right, I And know. they really do like fire, fire hydrants. They really do. They, no, they I don't do. care There's if it's a girl or a boy. They want it. No, they really do. There's a fire hydrant in this neighborhood <laughs> that is, comp- it's like an old, it's actually a fire, one of those old ones where people used to, the neighbor in the neighborhood used to go and like pull a thing down and it would call the, the fire department. So it's like not, no, oh, wow. not oh, no way. Like almost, almost historical cool. thing, but it's wow. classic, totally, classic fire hydrant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Classic. And it is covered. I mean, it's, it is the P stop spot. And, you know, this is Brooklyn. There are tons of dogs. Um, yeah. One of the things that inspired me to write this book was, it was before we even had Ollie and I would walk around this neighborhood and I would notice dogs that were, you know, waiting outside cafes or, mm-hmm. you know, corner markets, like just patiently waiting mm. for their, for their owners. And I was always yeah. like, how aren't you scared that someone's going to come and steal your dog? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it did, does happen on occasion, but that sort of sparked the whole idea for a story mm-hmm. called Gifted and Talented, which then turned into this novel, Dogtown. Because I was just like, oh, what would happen if someone stole all of these people's dogs? And then it was like, oh, what about the people who she steals the dogs from? So yeah, yeah dogs dogs were very much kind of um, sort of, they, they really are at the center of so much life here. Hmm. You should write Cat Town. I know because, I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah, because they just stroll up and down the neighborhood and, and they gather information and they spy on people. I feel oh, no, like they're cat- real spies yeah. and, oh, and they, they run spies. everything. So you have your dogs doing the poker table. You'll have the cats on the upper mm-hmm. floor with puppet strings over the dogs. That's exactly. how it runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like they are like the, the, they're like the cats are sort of like the constantly observing kind of mm-hmm. in their heads forming deep criticism and deep thoughts about oh, what yeah. they're seeing, right? Yeah, it's funny because, like, they, they'll stare at you for hours and they're like, mm-hmm. look at what she's doing today. Yeah. And then when they, move, <laughs> they bump into another cat, they just bump into them, like, literally right. bump into them, like, hey, you know what she did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and then, like, where we are now, the cat, you know, cats have their 4 o'clock, 3 to 4 o'clock in the morning, spin oh, around boy. the house, um, yeah. wake you yeah. up, and then you finally go back to sleep. But now there's Sir Feynman, or Feynman, I've got to get it Feynman. right. It is Feynman. It is Feynman. Yeah, it's Feynman. Um, named after a physicist. Uh, he <laughs> wakes me up by just sitting and staring at me yep. in my face. <laughs> That's so Dead funny. stare, like you're going to get up, you know? Yeah. And so you wonder, like, what are you, why are you, what, you know? But we had a cat that used to do that if someone stayed over they would just get up there and look at them snore. So obviously I'm snoring. <laughs> I don't <Right>. know. <laughs> I love that you've got all these characters and Nancy was saying that it, it, she was reading it. She's like, this has to be a TV series. Or yeah, some kind of like right? Netflix show. Would you want that? Oh, well, that would be amazing. Like from your, from your lips to the powers <laughs> that be in Hollywood's, you know, brains, you know, if you if you know anybody, <laughs> yeah. send it but to it, them. It, it'd be so much fun, especially yeah. with all the different dogs. Yeah, right. Wouldn't it that be? would be a fun series? It really yeah. would. Yeah, I could also yeah. imagine like it being redone like as a mini series where each character has an episode. So it's sort of you get yeah. all the other characters in the episode, but it would be mm-hmm. sort of like a six or seven character 
just mini series or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you you seem very connected to you know this is very character driven, which it I is. think really people totally. love. I mean, that's a, why Seinfeld did so well, right? It was about mm-hmm. characters, not necessarily you know just the quirky, weird stuff of people, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's yeah. what made it successful, right? So with your writing, has it all your writings? I know you do stories, and you've got other books and podcasts and all kinds of good stuff going on. Um, are, are, is all of your writing character driven? I think it is. I mean, I didn't realize it until people pointed that out to me, but mm. it definitely is. I think character is one of the, my main, the things that interest me the most, you know, I'm not, you know, my day job is that I'm a psychotherapist. I've been, a, you know, talking oh, to people about, Uh-oh. yeah, I've been talking to people. <laughs> you should about have told their... us that before you came <laughs> on here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the foibles and sort of crazy weirdnesses of people have always been fascinating to me. Um, And I'm, you know, I love people and I have a lot of compassion for them, but I also have a lot of, um, I see the irony and a lot of behavior. So I think that is, and I, I love writing about it. You know, I mean, I think that sometimes people have said about my writing that it's sort of, I mean, I'm like kind of uh, you know, it it can be a little bit like black humor, which is a weird term, but, you know, but it also always, I'm always seeing the kind of soft underbelly to people and, and have a lot of, you know, like, I feel like Dogtown mm-hmm. is about love and finding connection and meaning for all these people who are sort of lost and they kind of find themselves in a way throughout the course of the book, um, or they find connections that they didn't have before. Um, yeah. Character is my thing. I'm, I'm very much a character driven. Yeah. Right? And that's where comedy comes in because if you, you've got to laugh at the, the weirdness, right. And cause we're all weird. I'm yeah. sorry, but I mean, and well, if, you're, if you're perfect, you're really weird. Yeah. Um, but it, right. you, you've got to, I mean, when you have the characters, that's where comedy and drama hold hands really tightly. Yeah. 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 It, very it, much so. We have so many excuses for our behaviors. You know, we rationalize oh, yes. every single thing that we say and do. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you always think, well, if you're rationalizing, you know you did something wrong. Right. Uh, <laughs> now, this is exactly how Nancy and I argue. We have an excuse for everything. <laughs> or a reason. Mine are reasons. Hers are excuses. <laughs> oh, I'm, right. 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 I'm just kidding. Gosh, Ooh. no. But that's... But that, but that is it. That is exactly how life is. And just mm-hmm. peeking into a neighborhood. I mean, we all love that. I mean, it's just, and to add in the dogs, I love that part too. And um, I was also reading that you did some fundraisers as well for um, a, an animal rescue fund of the Hamptons. Yes. Yes. In That's fact, so cool. it, yeah. yeah, it, we did, st- well, we did stuff for the, the animal rescue fund in the Hamptons. And now, um, while we're recording this, we're in the middle of a fundraiser for a dog rescue called Barks of Hope in Rincon, Puerto Rico. So $4 oh, cool. of every, you know, copy of Dogtown we, we sell till the very end of April, which is, you know, April, I guess it was April 30 or 31 days. I can't even remember. Oh, anymore. you got one day, everybody, because this airs on April 29th. Yes, everybody who's listening. Saying, go order the book today or tomorrow as you will be helping all these incredible dogs that I mean they're just they're they, they need it so badly so Barks of Hope is like a real small grassroots organization and I spend time in Rincon every year um, and I'm just thrilled to be able to raise some money for them and sell books at the same time yeah 
Yeah. And I love that you're doing this with Puerto Rico too, because it's like our distant cousin that people ignore. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's like, exactly. they're, they're there with the same issues, if not more. And yeah. right. I mean, they've gone through so much as part of their, um, you know, their rescue organization is that also with hurricanes and helping them through that. Um, Cause animals really through these hurricanes, you know, across our country and Puerto Rico, mm. they end up lost. Yeah. It's a yeah. Hor- horrible thing. It's horrible. Horrible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That that I mean, there's already a really significant um, stray and and sort of abandoned dog problem mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, yes. and mm-hmm. then the hurricane and um, COVID. All these things really kind of have increased mm-hmm. the problem there. So yeah, it's really it it's gotten better. There are a lot of organizations trying to make a difference there. At Barks of Hope being one. Um, so hopefully they'll kind of get it under control, but. Yeah. Mm, very cool. Mm, well, yeah. how much fun is this with you? Thank you for so yeah. much for joining us. I know it's my turn to read. Like now I'm into, I'm just into town. That uh, the beginning of it, I'm just like, <laughs> damn, I have to just sit and, and, and sit with that for a bit because it does, you know, when we do parks, you know, we always go to parks and we see how like developed community parks are. And we're like, there's parks that have Native American footsteps in them very, very deep, you know? And then you go to all the national parks and everything. And so there's that significant of what land you're walking on. And, but to do it from the suburb level to me is really good because I always think about that, you know, yeah. there's houses that are haunted, you know, and then it's right. like, Oh, who died in the house? And I'm going, no, this suburb could be on an ancestral burial ground and we don't know it. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, because totally. that's white men just come in and just develop, you know, not yep. think that. And I know they do, you know, look at all of that beforehand, but I think throughout history, there's been a lot of there's not something. doing that. We had, yep. we had a cat one in, in one house that we lived in for a couple of years and it, she would go into this one specific corner and hiss huh. at the corner and there was nothing there. So we're like, okay, what's up? She would hiss and piss. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> there was something really odd about it, you know, so we just always yeah. thought, you know, what's underneath this house? Yeah, what's under and, and even underneath the ancestral burial ground, exactly. what sort of like fossils and bones and yeah. what grew, I mean, I'm always like, what would what indigenous plants would have grown? Mm-hmm. Mammoth. Yeah, you know? yeah, right, right. Yeah, cool. You could be under your house. I mean, Bigfoot could be buried there. We don't know. I mean, we don't know. You know. So, I mean, Nancy just found out what that the Loch Ness monster is a is a. Oh, they found that out that oh, there was really a Loch Ness monster, is, but you don't want to say what it is on air. Oh, I can say it. People are adult. I read this article that that this scientist claims that the Loch Ness monster is really a whale penis. Oh, interesting. I know, and that's then he funny. Had, and there's pictures, and I'm looking. I'm like. Oh, well, no wonder they wear yeah. kilts in Scotland. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. so I'm like, well, maybe, but then I'm thinking, well, th- it's on top of the water. Is it so doing that like, means is it like floating? Well, come on. Yeah, so, up. so he's building yeah. up. So if he was dead, his penis wouldn't be there. So right. I, really, I got sucked into He was a happy whale. <laughs> Sounds so, like so you went talk down. About free, <laughs> yeah, really talk about like, free Willy. He's, sunning, he's, he's sunning himself. I don't right. know. Oh, stop. Well, Nancy, it sounds, Nancy, it sounds like you went down a real <laughs> rabbit hole there. I did. <laughs> no kidding. And then and he, she climbed a pole. My and then gosh, I started no. wondering, like, okay, how big? 
If you know how no. big a whale penis All right, is, sir. then you know how big the Loch Ness Monster is. Right. <laughs> okay, so Alice, you have your next book. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, are you writing something new? That's the, well, yeah, we've got to ask Yeah, that. actually, next? I do. I actually have another book coming out um, next November, which is a short story, a linked short story collection called Almost Deadly, Almost Good. And it's about, it's a linked collection, which is based on the seven deadly sins and the seven heavenly virtues. So each story. No way. Loosely kind of Hmm. has a connection to one of those attributes or um, non-attributes, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Oh, yeah, and actually, oh, you got to keep the, us posted. Yeah, yeah, I will. As three of the characters from Dogtown have stories, sort of, they're, they're kind of their mm. stories are in this book, kind of slightly edited and changed to sort of fit this a different sort of. It's not it's not based in town, so it's kind of a, a less. It's a it's not a town centric book. It's a mm. sins and virtue centric book. <laughs> I like mm. that. I like yeah. that. Do you know that they have a syntax in Seattle? Yeah. If you drink liquor, you have to pay a syntax. Oh, oh my God. So I'll send you some stories from Seattle. I mean, it's just like, I don't the, know. It's like the 1600s. That's I so know. Funny. <laughs> that is really, you, you sinned, and now you must pay the government. I'm oh like, what? I know. What so, see, the government gets paid, and and they like it that they get paid. So <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> I want. I want to know what the sins are that like drinking that alcohol. Drinking apparently alcohol. it, it all yes. came because Seattle's one of the first. Seattle and Colorado, or Washington State, I think, and Colorado became. Yeah. Um, they legalized marijuana first. Okay. Right. And it's, so I think they said, okay, so weed is a sin, and now liquor is a sin too. So we're going to make double the money. It's and funny. so. So if you drink wine, which we drink a lot of wine, we're not right. sinners. But okay. if you drink liquor, you're, you're going sinner. to hell. And if you smoke weed, you're also going to go to hell. Oh but you may and not you get it. to pay more too. And you pay I the know. tax for it. You have to pay for it. You're allowed yeah. to do it, but you pay tax for it. Exactly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> do you see something, tax. yeah. Don't you see something wrong in there? Like, yeah, there's a little I, something wrong in that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like we're gonna legalize well, they this, couldn't, but we're gonna make you pay for it because yeah. it's bad. For but you, you couldn't they couldn't do a sin tax on wine because Jesus made wine into water. So you can okay. I mean water into wine. wine. Yeah. You cannot see you cannot mm. sin that like do a sin tax on that. So we're yeah. safe. But uh, yeah. <laughs> safe. Alice, yeah. it's been a blast chatting with you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Wonderful. And everyone, Dogtown is out now. And that's D-A-W-G and town with an E on the end. And you can get it anywhere you buy books and places like bookshop.org, uh, which actually supports independent bookstores. Yay. I love that. Yay! And of course, Yay. Amazon. <laughs> we love that. Whatever we can do for independent bookstores. And a lot of them are dog friendly, too. Mm-hmm. I've noticed yep. they yep. have dog water, dog biscuits. And um, you can also go to Alice's website, alicecaltman.com. And that's K uh, for the Kaltman. And she's you're on Facebook, right? Is that the best place for people to connect uh, with tw- you? Social probably media? Twitter, Instagram. Twitter and Instagram are probably better. Um, I'm on Facebook, but okay. not quite as much as the others, but they can find me on okay. Facebook also. Cool. Yeah. I'll hook up with you on the other two, too. So, okay, great. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. 
Thanks so much, Alice. You behave. <laughs> Get us in back. Who let okay. Alice out? <laughs> Who let the dogs out? 